Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. And um, I'm going to, uh, if you did not see, if you, um, let me just say this, if you are part of my parish here in Tulsa and you did not see yesterday's podcast, which would be Monday, September, no, Thursday, September 10th, um, I'm going to ask you to, to see that. I issued a, a very needed um, apology for uh, a, um, a wrong, shameful uh, decision that I had made, something that I spoke about uh, recently. And so um, I just wish anybody that was part of that or party to it or offended by it uh, to to look at yesterday's podcast. I won't repeat it today because we pretty much... Uh, covered the whole podcast with it yesterday. But what I thought I would do today, I've mentioned before, the voting situation is so serious and is causing such a great, great conflict. Um, we played the 10-minute the, uh, sermon of Father James Altman in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and um, many, many people said, thanks be to God for Father Altman, but apparently... Um, there are many against Father Altman's message, unfortunately, but the truth is always going to divide. That's the Jesus came and the truth sets us free, but it will divide those who will not be set free by the truth, who want to cling to their own views. And so, um, uh, what do we do? We keep speaking the truth. We keep speaking the truth. And, and I stand by Father Altman's message. He is, um, uh, his bishop is responsible for um, answering many, many emails and, and calls he's gotten on both sides of the issue. And you can read the bishop's response to Father Altman on the on the website of uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. But um, I would like to read what I believe is the absolute clear no non-emotional uh, truth on this voting issue. And I've mentioned previously that Catholic Answers, who I believe founded by Carl Keating many years ago, and on whose staff I was for nine years full-time, um, I believe they are the best apologetics um, apostolate in the world, not just even the country, the world. I think they're absolutely outstanding. They have with them now Chris, uh, Chris Check whose brother is Father Paul Cech, um, now, uh, who is leading now the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, where I gave the homeschool uh, conference last weekend. <clears throat> or was it two weekends ago? I'm, I tell you, I think it was last weekend. I, I lose track of time. Uh, but um, they're just absolutely outstanding, and they have uh, two best apologists uh, with them, Jimmy Aiken, who's, I think, um, 
He's one of those that has a photo, uh, photogenic memory, um, and he is uh, he's outstanding. What I admire about Jimmy is that he, um, he can speak the most profound and explain the most profound truths in simple, simple language for everybody to understand. And I've come to realize that the more deeply one understands something, the more simply they can explain it. If they don't understand, then their explanations and their answers are, they ramble and they are complicated and long. But if you really understand something, you can be very simple. And Jimmy is a master at being simple. Um, And the other one, of course, with them is Tim Staples, who is uh, a master, just plain and simple, tremendous, uh, both both being converts to the Catholic Church. And they have other one, uh, enormous Trent Horn and enormous, enormous, uh, fantastic staff with them. Um, And so uh, Michelle Arnold and just magnificent. and so I, I have utter respect for Catholic Answers. And a number of years ago, they produced, I'm going to show it to you, it's the Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics. There it is. Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics. Um, and uh, you can go to catholic.com, and I think you can download a copy free. I don't think there's any charge. That's what I recall. I might be wrong. And you can download it for free. Um, you can certainly order these guides. I, I don't, they're not going to be very expensive. It's this small booklet, and they're 10 pages. It's just 10 little pages, very thin. So I'd like to read it because it is crucial. Uh, it was published a number of years ago. The, the copy I have was published in 2004, but nothing has changed. I don't know if they've updated it. But none of the truth of the church has changed or the fact that these are five non-negotiables that every Catholic must know uh, or or be in sin. Um, so um, let me just read it from the beginning. And uh, I, I doubt we'll finish it today, but to just give you a good sense of things. Um, without a fight, without emotions, without all of that, just the truth. The plain facts, ma'am, just the truth. Um, And the first subtitle, How This Voter's Guide Helps You. This voter's guide helps you cast your vote in an informed manner, consistent with Catholic moral teaching. It helps you eliminate from consideration candidates who endorse policies that cannot be reconciled with moral norms that used to be held by all Christians. They're not held by, obviously, all Christians anymore, or there wouldn't be a fight over this. Um, But God doesn't change. On most issues that come before voters or legislators, a Catholic can take one side or the other and not act contrary to his faith. Most matters do not have a Catholic position. But some issues are so key, so elemental, that only one position accords with the teaching of the Christian gospel. No one endorsing the wrong side of these subjects can be said to act in accord with the church's moral norms. 
This voter's guide identifies five non-negotiable issues. Non-negotiable. What does that mean? That you can't negotiate, that there's no room to wiggle. If the the commandment says thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, uh, all of that, it's it's non-negotiable. Um, it's it's not to be weighed with other issues to determine its, its importance. It's it's simply a, a law of God, a moral law, and the Ten Commandments are simply, I say, the moral law of God written in our hearts that God wrote on stone, and we have them on paper. But um, it's it's the law that God has put in his our heart, and so. Um, uh, okay, let me repeat the sentence. This voter's guide identifies five non-negotiable issues and helps you narrow down the list of acceptable candidates, whether they are running for national, state, or local offices. Candidates who endorse or promote any of the five non-negotiables should be considered to have disqualified themselves from holding public office, and you should not vote for them. You should make your choice from among the remaining candidates. Number two, your role as a Catholic voter. Catholics have a moral obligation to promote the common good through the exercise of their voting privileges. And that's... uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2240. It is not just civil authorities who have responsibility for country. Uh, Quoting the Catechism again, number 2239, quote, service of the common good requires citizens to fulfill their roles in the life of the political community, end quote. That's a responsibility we have, beloved. This means citizens should participate in the political process at the ballot box. But voting cannot be arbitrary. Arbitrary. Let me just see what this is. Hold on just a moment. Um, The quote for the next quote is is CPL, which is the Congregation um, of the Doctrine of the Faith, um, doctrinal notes um, from their quarterly uh, regarding the participation of Catholics in political life. So the quote is this, a well-formed Christian conscience, a well-formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for a political program or an individual law that contradicts the fundamental conduct contents of faith and morals. I'll repeat that sentence. A well-formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for a political program or an individual law that contradicts the fundamental contents of faith and morals, end quote, from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. Um, there's the music, beloved, for our first break. We'll continue this after our first break, and we'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts following the second break and have a full half hour to ourselves. Our lines are wide open if you'd like to get a head start. The toll-free number is one 511 5483 Be right back. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. of the Holy Spirit brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of understanding helps the mind to comprehend revealed truths. Many times you might think to yourself, I've explained this aspect of morality so clearly to my friend, why can't she seem to get it? It's a beautiful gift to have understanding of the faith and moral situations. Pray for others to receive that gift as well. beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the station of the cross such as stand out for life with jim havens and father imbarato they pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each saturday morning live at 9 a.m eastern you can also listen to stand out for life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic radio mobile app Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are in the middle of reading... Uh, this tiny booklet, Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics, and you can purchase it or I think download it for free from Catholic.com, Catholic Answers. Absolutely uh, tremendous. Um, Let me um, repeat the last sentence and then go on. Voting cannot be arbitrary. Quote, a well-formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for a political program or an individual law that contradicts the fundamental context of faith and morals. And that's from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. End quote. Some things always are wrong, and no one may vote in favor of them, directly or indirectly. Citizens vote in favor of these evils if they vote in favor of candidates who propose to advance them. Thus, Catholics should not vote for anyone who intends to push programs or laws that are intrinsically evil. Now, here are the five non-negotiables. And you may say, but what about this? And what about immigration? And what about um, uh, just war and, you know, all that? What about all those things? Um, Those things are issues, 
but they're not non-negotiables. These are the uh, issues that cannot be negotiated. They are evil. They are intrinsically evil. We may never, ever vote for them. These five issues are called non-negotiable. I'm reading this now. These five issues are called non-negotiable because they concern actions that are always morally wrong and must never be promoted by the law. It is a serious sin to endorse or promote any of these actions, and no candidate who really wants to advance the common good will support any of the five non-negotiables. I'm going to name the five, and then I'm going to uh, just whip about each one. Um, And I say in advance, I'm not saying there are not other issues, but these five are morally um, as non-negotiable. I don't have to pick another word. Non-negotiable. If we vote for a candidate who supports any of these issues we are voting for those issues and we will be in serious sin that's what this means any other issue we may judge correctly or not but these issues is not our judgment it's god's judgment and we either come under his judgment or 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 we choose not to and then we sin mortally um number one abortion number two euthanasia Number three, fetal stem cell research. Four, human cloning. And five, homosexual, quote-unquote, marriage. Okay, abortion. The church teaches that regarding a law permitting abortions, it is, quote, never licit to obey it or to take part in a propaganda campaign in favor of such a law, or to vote for it. Abortion is the intentional and direct killing of an innocent human being, and therefore it is a form of homicide. The child is always an innocent party, and no law may permit the taking of his life. Even when a child is conceived through rape or incest, incest, The fault is not the child's who should not suffer death for the sins of others. We can talk about that a long time, but if you have questions on that, beloved, call in and we'll, that'll be, you know, you have the whole, we'll have a whole half hour after the next break and you can, you can ask any questions on these that's on your heart. Secondly, euthanasia, often disguised by the name of mercy killing. Euthanasia also is a form of homicide. No one has a right to take his own life, which is suicide. And no one has the right to take the life of any innocent person. In euthanasia, the ill or elderly are killed out of a misplaced sense of compassion. But true compassion cannot include being something intrinsically evil to another person. End quote. Number three, fetal stem cell research. Human embryos are human beings. Beloved, we need a we need a placard on the highway. Human embryos are human beings. 
um, respect for the dignity of the human being excludes all experimental manipulation or exploitation of the, excuse me of the human embryo. Recent scientific advances <clears throat> show that any medical cure that might arise from experimentation on fetal stem, ste, fetal stem cells can be developed by using adult stem cells instead. Adult stem, easy for you to say, adult stem cells can be obtained without doing harm to the adults from whom they come. Thus, there, um, thus there no longer is a medical argument in favor of using fetal stem cells. Number four, human cloning. Attempts for obtaining a human being without any connection with sexuality through twin uh, fission, which is cloning, or um, uh, pathenogenesis, are to be considered contrary to the moral law since they are in opposition to the dignity both of human procreation and of the conjugal union. Human cloning also ends up being a form of homicide because the rejected or unsuccessful clones are destroyed, yet each clone is a human being. Hold on just one moment. And finally, five, homosexual so-called marriage. True marriage is the union of one man and one woman. Legal recognition of any other form of marriage undermines true marriage. And legal recognition of homosexual unions actually does homosexual persons a disfavor by encouraging them to persist in what is an objectively immoral arrangement. When legislation in favor of the recognition of homosexual unions is proposed for the first time in a legislative... Let me start that again. When legislation in favor of the recognition of homosexual unions is proposed for the first time in a legislative assembly, the Catholic lawmaker has a moral duty to express his opposition clearly and publicly and to vote against it. To vote in favor of a law so harmful to the common good is gravely immoral. And here is the next little chapter in this book. It asks the question, which political offices should I worry about? Excuse me, I'm yawning, sorry. Which political, that's the title. Which political offices should I worry about? And the booklet goes on to explain, laws are passed by the legislator enforced by the executive branch and interpreted by the judiciary. This means you should scrutinize any candidate for the legislative, anyone running for an executive office, 
and anyone nominated for the bench. This is true not only at the national level, but also at the state and local levels. True, the lesser the office, the less likely the office uh, holder will take up certain issues. Your city council, for example, perhaps never will take up the issue of human cloning, but it is important that you evaluate every candidate, no matter what office, no matter what office is being sought. Few people achieve high office without first holding low office. Some people become congressional uh, representatives, senators, or presidents without having been elected to a lesser office. But most representatives, um, senators, and presidents started their political careers at the local level. The same is true for state lawmakers. Most of them began on city councils and school boards um, and worked their way up to the political, um, worked their way up the political ladder. Tomorrow's candidates for higher offices will come mainly from today's candidates for lower offices. It is therefore prudent to apply the same standards to local candidates as to state and national ones. If candidates who are wrong on the uh, non-negotiable issues fail to be direct, I'm sorry, if candidates who are wrong on non-negotiable issues fail to be elected to lower offices, they might not become candidates for higher offices. This would make it um, easier to elect good candidates for the more influential uh, effects of the state, uh, I'm sorry, for the more influential officers of the state and national levels. Now, next, uh, I think I think we're going to, the next one is how to determine a candidate's position. Um, I think that's going to be uh, with media today and debates and radio and internet excuse me, and television and so many means of communication, I think uh, we won't have too many problems determining a candidate's position because they're spoken. Um, There was a day that if uh, a candidate was for abortion, uh, they wouldn't want it known because then Catholics wouldn't vote for them. So they just wouldn't say it. We'd have to find out. But today... um, they announced it for abortion as a way of gaining votes. It's unbelievable. And so it's very clear. And no Catholic can vote for them. No Catholic can vote for them. Again, you can talk about children in cages and integration and climate change and everything else as much as you wish. They're not part of the five uh, moral, non-negotiable issues that uh, every Catholic must hold, otherwise you vote against the church. Um, And if you vote for a Catholic candidate, so-called Catholic, who believes all that, uh, that is non-Catholic, you are also acting against God. Uh, We'll be right back, beloved, after this.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of counsel is the means by which we are led to make right decisions. Through this gift, we can better discern what to do in particular situations or what advice we should give when others ask for our opinion. These scenarios could include anything from how to speak to an employer about a troubling work environment to advising a family member struggling with a relationship situation. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and you're welcome to call in. The lines are wide open, <clears throat> and the toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Marie. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I was raised Catholic, but after listening to you and gaining much enlightenment from the book, The Warning, etc., I see my catechism knowledge is abysmal, and I'm making every attempt to get on the correct track. I made my general confession a few weeks ago and have made many changes since then. Blessed be God, Marie. Marie goes on to write, My question concerns my children, if you don't mind. My seven-year-old twins were baptized in the Catholic Church as babies and should receive their first confession and communion this year. I know they are of age to confess, but our church has delayed these sacraments for the young children because of COVID. What steps should we be taking for our young children at this time? Um, if the illumination of conscience is right around the corner. Thank you for your help and wonderful guidance, sincerely. Um, 
Marie, uh, I think you should continue, uh, just continue to live as you are, but focused and continue to prepare your children for um, for their first confession and communion. Um, and if um, uh, if the church has delayed those confessions. Uh, make sure that they are fully ready. If the pastor calls you tomorrow or today and says, we'll do it tomorrow, make sure your children are studied and f- completely ready. I don't know what uh, studies you're using. Baltimore C- Catechism number two uh, would probably be good. And and be sure they are prepared and teach them about uh, uh, a perfect contrition because children should be taught every night before they go to sleep to do an examination of conscience and to um, uh, give God any sins they've committed that day against charity, against obedience, against anything, you, against friends. Um, they should confess that every night and then pray the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be. Um, and uh, whether or not um, uh, a chastisement comes; they'll be ready for it. So, um, I would, I would um, go ahead and teach your children without any guarantee that you will have the church or that they'll ever be ready. Uh, but the you'll, you'll prepare them from home and know that they're ready. And again, um, they should understand these things and should be able to come at night with a full confession to God every single night. We have an email from Caitlin who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Hello. While I have heard so much about you over the years, uh, today was admittedly the first time I tuned in. Talk about divine timing as I've been closely following the illumination of conscience and praying for ways to prepare. I won't bore you with the details of my life unless you care to know them, that is. Uh, And if so, I'd be happy uh, to oblige and send another email. But based on your live broadcast today, I need a little emergency help with a right judgment. Well, the only problem there, Caitlin, is that uh, there's no date on the uh, that I have on your email. And I don't know when you wrote this. Um, but uh, let me continue to read it. Um, Caitlin says, My daughter, uh, newly 11, is supposed to go away to New Hampshire with a friend tomorrow for the weekend. It will be her first time away with someone not in our family, and I trust the family she is going with under current circumstances. And admittedly, it is a giant leap of faith on my behalf to allow her to cooperate, allow her uh, this experience rather, but I've also started a surrender novena um, and tell it, um, I'm so sorry, I'm, I don't know why I'm so tired this morning. I've also started a surrender novena and left it in God's hands. Now she's only 11, She's going with a friend, that's not good, but she's going apparently with the family of the friend, and if you know and trust them, that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, And she says, my question, I'm having trouble with new anxieties that arose from listening to your broadcast. Oh boy, part of me wants to keep my baby girl home just in case. It's a great illumination. Um... Uh, 
just in case a great illumination or chastisement comes. And I have, um, I have, and I know that does not sound very faithful um, and trusting in our great Lord, but uh, it still leaves me feeling unsettled. Do I continue to surrender and let her go as, um, as planned? Or could this unsettled feeling be something more? Any guidance or even just prayers on this end is greatly affected. I am, let me see now, I am uh, a born Catholic. You need to be a born again Catholic. You were, you were born Catholic, but you were born again through baptism. Um, I am a born Catholic with a long, a long enough history currently um, serving as a doctor of religious education for the executive branch. Okay, hold on a minute now. I really just went off the chart. Uh, Let me start that again. I'm so sorry, beloved. I am a born Catholic. I guess I'm still thinking of the government. I've been, I'm a born Catholic with a long enough history, age 38, currently serving as a director of religious education for a Catholic collaborative um, in Massachusetts, a truly divine vocation story for another day. And I'm just looking for some spiritual direction on this very personal and somewhat emergent matter. Thank you for taking the time to read my email prayerfully and faithfully in the risen Christ, Caitlin. Caitlin, um, I think at 11, uh, if you trust the family that your daughter is going with, and she's going with the parents of that family, uh, then it seems fine to me. But if you... Uh, but she must be going with the whole family um, and the parents. Uh, if not, let it go. Um, but if so, um, and you really do trust them, if you're concerned about what's going to take place, I'd say go speak to the parents and, and see that they're going to use sleeping bags or, what, or they have a tent or whatever it is so you, you get a feel for the trip beforehand. Um, if you really don't feel right about it, uh, it would not be a sin to hold back uh, on her going. But if you can distinguish between the two, your anxiety about letting her go um, in a good situation versus um, sending her a... Um, uh, no, there I go again off track. That's terrible. Just terrible. Um, so if you... If you uh, again, if you speak to the parents... And you, you must speak to the parents and just get an idea of what's going on. And you could say to them, we trust you, blessed be God, but it's really the first time for us. Uh, any suggestions or any questions you have, speak to them and see how you feel. And if you're at peace, let her go and, and leave her, leave it in God's hands, I would say. Um, so uh, hopefully they're a Catholic family. Hopefully they'll pray during this camping trip and and um, respect Catholic morals, hopefully. 
Um, okay, I hope that helped in some way, dear Caitlin, although uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe the trip already happened. I don't know when you wrote. Um, we have a call from Jenny. Uh, hi, Jenny, are you there? Yes, mother. Hi, sweetie. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a cut. Maybe you want to be... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not you hearing you clearly, Je- Jenny. Jenny, I'm not hearing you clearly. It, uh, speak again. I hear you I loudly enough. Have, oh, that's better. Yes, Go ahead. Yes, I said um, I have an accent. I'm sorry. Oh, no, mother, I like your accent. I, thank you. Uh, mother, I have a, a question. Last Saturday, I was really upset because uh, I heard in uh, the radio that they said uh, a Catholic wasn't supposed to vote for for a, um, for, for a Democrat, but um, it, every year I vote. They never ask you what is your party. You, they give you the, your paper and you just do. You know what you had to do. This year I went to the post and the first thing they asked me, um, what is whom I'm voting for? You know what is what party? And I was I was really embarrassed because I went there to vote for Kennedy. Only on the um, the democratic, only Kennedy, because he he's in Massachusetts and he does very good job for us. But when they asked, I said I said Democrat, but I was really embarrassing, you know, saying that. But I went and vote for him. But mother, I know very well that uh, abortion is a very bad thing to do. Um, it's good that we have a candidate who who, who is for it, but. Beside that, mother, there are a lot of things that the same candidate is doing to God's children who are really terrible. For instance, the children that are in the cage, they pull them from the mother's hand and they put them in the cage. Let me ask you this, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, sweetheart, I'm interrupting you. I know there's many issues and, and, and I understand, but let me ask you. If you had to choose between both of them are awful, but if you have a child and you had to choose between someone pulling that child from your hand and putting that child in a cage, that's an awful thing. But if you had to choose between that and they're putting a knife through your child and murdering, which would you choose? I will choose the one who's putting the child in the cage. You see, and here's the point, Jenny. There are awful things. I agree with you all the way. But for a Catholic, murder is, you can't negotiate on that. You can negotiate on the cage, but you cannot negotiate on murder. Kennedy believes in abortion. You must not vote for a candidate who believes in abortion. Even if they do a lot of good things, sweetheart, they may do many, many good things. But if they vote for abortion or these five issues, euthanasia, fetal stem cell research, homosexual marriage, human cloning, those are the five things that the church has told us If we vote for them, we are in mortal sin. We will separate ourselves from God. But Jenny, you know, I'm surprised at what you're saying, because normally um, in the past, have you voted in the United States? Yes, mother. Because what they do normally, I've never voted 
where they have, because when you register to vote, you need to say what party you're a part of. And so when I vote, if I say I'm part of the Republican Party, for example, they give me the Republican ticket. No, they, they never did that for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, uh, they, they, they leave it blank for you. I know I heard the music. Yeah. Jenny, uh, if you wish, sweetheart, hold on till after the break. And we'll continue, okay? Hold on, sweetheart. Uh, I know there are very crucial, important issues, but these five are the ones that God, through his church, says to us, you may not vote for. Others could be bad, but they're not equal to these. And that's why I keep saying, compare killing the child with putting the child in a cage. Both of them are awful, but you must not vote for killing the child. Thou shalt not kill. And if we vote for someone who is for abortion, we are responsible for the murders they cause through their office. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. 30 seconds on the gifts of the Holy Spirit brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of fortitude aids us in remaining faithful to our vocation and the holy will of God. Do you ever wonder how it's possible for dedicated pro-lifers to persevere week in and week out praying in front of an abortion clinic? Or how married couples can see each other through long-term illnesses and relational difficulties? These individuals illustrate the gift of fortitude in action. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Advocates of abortion use the words freedom of choice, yet scripture makes clear the real meaning of freedom. In Exodus, God says, let my people go that they may serve me. Freedom has a content. It is not whatever we want to do. It is a road to serve the Lord, meaning there are some things we always choose and some things we always reject. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes. Our phone lines are open. We have Jenny on the line, but you're still welcome to call in at one 511 5483 or email at com. Are you still there, Jenny? Yes, mother. Um, okay, sweetheart. You know, Thanks for holding on. Go know, ahead. You're welcome. I didn't know he did anything wrong, Willie. I just, you know, uh, always, for my, you know, since I've been here listening to the Kennedys, they are good people. I didn't know he was, you know, doing all those things. I would not vote for him, Willie. But it's the only reason I vote because when they were trying to send all the people to, back to Haiti, and he said, mm-hmm. no, don't come to Massachusetts. So that's the only reason I vote. I did. I you understand, know, I vote sweetheart. Are you from Haiti yourself? Yes, mother. Oh, I God am. bless you. That's a, probably the poorest place in the earth. It's really, really bad there. I understand. Yeah, but you know, the, yes. Yeah. But Jenny, um, you see, uh, God has given us absolutes. Absolutes. He's given us a right conscience. Um, the yes. more we obey his law, the clearer our conscience will be. The more we turn from his law. Now, sometimes we're not, as you say, you're not aware that we're turning from uh, his law. But it's, yes. it, but it's our responsibility. Whenever I hear of a particular candidate, the first thing I do, no matter they may have a wonderful personality, they may be extremely competent, and do wonderful things. The first thing I do is look up their stand uh, on abortion. And if they are for abortion, which is murder, I, I spend no more time on them because I will be entering into mortal sin. I will be voting to put a candidate in office who is very wonderful in many ways, but he will vote for abortion and perhaps euthanasia and I will be responsible by my vote for every murder that takes place through him because I voted for him. That's the big thing. Yeah, I really didn't know. You know, I I I believe you. Yes, I did. I believe you, sweetheart. I know. Yeah, that's a Kennedy is a very famous and very loved family. But unfortunately, as Catholics, they've done great harm. So um, it and, and, you know, uh, 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 people have gotten in office because they're loved. They do good. They sound good. They're charismatic. They're, you know, but if they vote for abortion, then uh, they say, well, I believe women should have a choice. That's like saying we should have a choice whether we kill somebody or not. Yet if I go out and murder someone, I'm going to be in jail. Well, why? Don't we have a choice? No, you don't. Well, how can people have a choice to murder babies? You know, see what I mean? Yeah, so we have to be consistent, sweetheart. So you don't, you didn't know. And um, what we don't know uh, we the, the sin is just as great, but God doesn't hold us as accountable for it when we don't know. But as Catholics, we must know. We are responsible to know these things um, because we're God's representatives on earth and we have to fight for life. Okay. All right, my sister. So God do I do, mm-hmm. do I sin against... I mean, I, I was really worried. Do I sin against it because... 
I would not vote for someone I know who killed kids. But I, just because I know he, they said he does a lot of things good, I never heard about the abortion thing. From I got him. you. All right, sweetheart. So again, um, it, 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 if we vote for someone who is for abortion, yes, we do sin. But we sin a lot, Jenny, and we don't even know it. So there's uh, God, um, the sin is as great, whether we know it or not, but our accountability is much less if we don't know it. So if if it's something we couldn't have known, then we're not accountable. If it's something we maybe could have known and should have done the research, there's a, a little accountability for that, Jenny, but it's God who knows the heart. I wouldn't worry, sweetheart, but once we know... Then in the yes. future, we have to make right judgments. Yes, I do. I will do that, Mother. Okay, you. sweetheart. I'm glad you called, Thank Jenny. Don't worry. Thank you. Me just, too. I'm just, glad. Just vote, just vote for the right candidate to get in, regardless okay. of how you already voted, okay? Okay. I mean, Thank just you, pray. Mother. I mean, pray for the right candidate to get in. Okay, God bless you, dear one. We have an email from Lillian. Lillian writes, uh, Today I viewed on YouTube the movie trailer for the release of the movie Fatima 2020 on August 28th. Also on YouTube was an interview with Natasha Howe and Richard Lyles, producers of the movie, discussing the obstacles they had to overcome during production phases of the movie. It appears their experiences with this recreation of the vision of our mother and the miraculous event in Portugal was spiritually transformative for them. Can I ask you to talk about the visions and apparitions the saints had experienced and the miracles that occurred in their lives when they began praying the rosary to our Holy Mother Mary? I believe miracles still happen, Mother Miriam. I'm praying for the conversion of many of my family members who have been led astray by the materialism of the world. Maybe someday a miracle will happen for me, and they'll return to loving Jesus and Mary, as I do once again. God bless you, Lillian. Oh, Lillian, dearest, a miracle has happened for you. Faith is a gift, and we can only believe through God's miracle in our hearts. So he has done a miracle in you that you believe. And um, through you, if you live your faith without compromise in everything you do and everything you say and everything you do not do and everything you do not say, um, God may use you as a powerful tool to bring them back to him. That's why it's so important. And that's why I spent the entire program or entire half hour yesterday apologizing for my bad example and for what my... um, Uh, misjudgment and uh, lack of charity uh, may have caused. Um, And it's it's very, very important. When people believe the faith and they find people who are faithful and love God and don't compromise, and all of a sudden that same person acts like the world or or fails them, it's an absolute devastation. It's a devastation. So um, it's very, very serious. So it's very serious, contrarily, that we live our faith, Lillian. Um, We won't have time for me to explain all the miracles of Our Lady of Fatima. I cannot even comment on the new recreation of that film because I've not seen it. Um, I did see, uh, there's two versions before, 
uh, one of them, uh, uh, the miracle, I think it's called the miracle of Fatima. I saw that before it actually had a lot to do with my conversion to the Catholic faith because I thought all those 70,000 on the hill there, um, coming to see the supposed apparition of this lady um, who was Mary, of course, but I didn't know that. And as an evangelical, I didn't believe it. And I said, come on, these poor sheep going astray, 70,000 sheep, the Catholic Church is leading them all astray. And there they were on the hill, 70,000 people waving white haggies to the white lady of peace. I thought it was an abomination. And then I saw an actual film of the 100th of the anniversary, not 100th, uh, I think it was 1950 of, of Fatima with millions, a million people there waving white hankies to the white lady of peace but now it wasn't the peasants of fatima now it was kings and queens and business people and professors and i said these are intelligent people what are they doing waving white hankies to the white lady uh, of peace and I came to believe and my heart was totally transformed so anybody if you haven't seen the original film on Fatima because I can't speak for the current one please do see it <laughs> 